Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Weekly Wrap. It is the 25th of June, 2018. What do we have on the agenda today? Well, we'll talk a fair amount about trade. We'll have a look at the picture so far, have a look at what kind of measures have been introduced so far in 2018. Then we will look forward, what kind of measures can we expect in the coming weeks and months, and what kind of investment implications does this have. And finally, we'll also digest the latest data coming out in Europe, in addition to the OPEC meeting last Friday. So we've seen lots of toing and froing related to the trade situation between the US and China, but also now with the allies of the United States. It's a very messy picture, and there are many variables involved. So let's try and unpack this and see what exactly is going on. Let's start from the beginning. What kind of protectionist actions have been taken so far? Well, this started back in January when Washington imposed tariffs on solar panels and washing machines. These were pretty high, up to 50%, and mainly targeted against the Asian competitors. So think the South Koreans. Then we saw the imposition of tariffs on steel and aluminium to the tune of 25% and 10% respectively. Well, these have been imposed across the board, so including the allies of the United States. Europe and Canada are affected and have also now retaliated. But since then, we've seen a clear pivot from Washington towards China. Beijing is clearly the one in the crosshairs. And although it appeared that there was some progress being made on negotiations, we've seen new tariffs now imposed. They are on 50 billion worth of Chinese imports, 34 billion of which will come into effect on July the 6th, and are mainly targeted towards tech and industrial goods. Beijing has responded tit for tat, implementing tariffs of 50 billion worth of US exports. So that's where we are up until now. It's not too much. It's still a fraction of global trade, around 0.2% to be precise. And in terms of GDP impact, it's also fairly small for the US and China. But it is the case that this list of tariffs keeps growing. And indeed, if we look forward, there looks like there will be more to come. There is intensifying talk of tariffs being enacted on another 200 billion worth of Chinese goods. And also now tariffs on auto parts coming into the United States. Moreover, in the next two weeks, the White House will decide whether to impose restrictions on Chinese investment in the US. And there are good chances of this happening, as there's a general consensus that's been building over the last few years amongst the American establishment that the Chinese have been stealing US technology. And speaking of this consensus, Congress as well is gearing up to counter China by beefing up the Committee on Foreign Investment, which will curb Chinese investment even further. Then what about NAFTA? Well, there as well, things are looking slightly problematic. There's still no deal in place. The clock is ticking. And as you may have heard, there is an election coming up in Mexico, and it looks as though that Obrador will win. And this guy is basically the Mexican Donald Trump of the left-leaning variety, a real firebrand type of politician. So there is a risk that we see no deal on NAFTA, and the US could leave this agreement. So that's an overview here on trade. The picture definitely looks more problematic than it was a few months ago. But what then are the investment implications of all of this? Well, an ultimate disaster still looks improbable in our view, where we see a full-blown trade war that drags 
the global economy down to its knees. That's still unlikely to happen. Trump is responsive to the stock market. He will not want to see a major sell-off. Some selling he can tolerate, but not a bear market that threatens the economy. Then even with an extra $200 billion in tariffs, we are not talking major direct economic impacts here. In terms of direct effects, these kind of tariffs are still fairly insignificant. So that's the good news. But the bad news is that uncertainty around all of this is on the rise. Now, consumers won't really be affected, especially in the US, but business confidence can be, particularly in areas of the world that are heavily geared towards a global trading system. So in an indirect way, this can begin to weigh on growth. And furthermore, these tensions are likely going to get worse before they get better. As we have been highlighting since Trump's election in terms of trade, the executive of the White House in the US is basically completely unrestrained. And midterms are coming up in November, and a good dose of protectionism is popular with large segments of Trump's base. Meaning, politically, it also makes sense to further pursue protectionism. So bottom line, our view is that This is not a reason to turn outright bearish on the markets, but it is a reason for concern and is a reason to start thinking a bit more cautiously. Also, if we put this in the context of some softening growth outside of the United States. So what we are saying here is that we are thinking about scaling back on risk. Indeed, we are thinking about bringing equities down to neutral in connection, taking off some of our risk in emerging markets as well. In terms of sectors, A more defensive posture makes increasing sense, which would essentially mean moving up healthcare and bringing down our exposure to industrials. So much for trade. Let's briefly talk about Europe again. Just to reiterate, this is our highest conviction equity position currently, where we hold a deep underweight. And in our view, the latest developments just reinforce this thinking. Firstly, the macro backdrop has been softening in recent months. It's not a disaster. We saw a small perk up in services on Friday and the PMI is there, but manufacturing survey data is still firmly in a downtrend and looking at the likes of the ZEV, the IFO, Belgian industrial confidence, there's still likely more to come in this softening. Then in terms of rising global protectionism, Europe is also in the middle of the storm. Exports are key drivers in many Eurozone economies. Just think Germany, the impact that all this trade rhetoric has on the DAX. And beyond this, the politics is turning messy again as well. The situation in Italy has calmed down somewhat recently, but this is far from over. The populists in Rome will push for more fiscal expansionism and aim to reverse some of the key reforms of recent years, such as bringing down the retirement age again. This will put them on a confrontational path with Brussels and tensions will likely resurface again. If we look at Germany then as well, the formerly infallible Merkel is coming under increasing pressure from her right flank. Horst Seehofer is threatening to break up the union, which is basically unheard of in modern German politics. Immigration is the issue here, but also Germany's relationship towards Europe. We thought the Franco-German engine could begin revving up again and sort out some of those institutional problems facing in the Eurozone, but real meaningful change is unlikely now. So taken together, we have a strong underweight case intact here for Europe. The prospects over in the US for US equities do look better. Lastly, and very briefly, let's also digest the OPEC Plus meeting on Friday. They did raise production, 
saying up to 1 million barrels a day should be freed up. But nonetheless, oil prices actually rose along with energy stocks. And in our view, the outlook for energy still looks promising. The production rise that we saw was less than many were expecting. And at the same time, there's even less spare capacity now available in the system. And if we look at the risks to supply, they are stacking up by the day. U.S.-Iran tensions are ratcheting up. Venezuela continues to deteriorate. And Libya is a splintered country where things are only getting worse. At the same time, looking at the shale basins in the U.S., bottlenecks continue to appear, meaning that a lot of the oil there is simply not getting to the market. That is also supportive of prices. Then finally, in terms of the fundamentals of energy company stocks, they are now reasonably valued. And with oil prices remaining elevated, well, then earnings should continue to accelerate. So put together, we still have a firm overweight view on energy sector stocks. But with that, I wish you a fantastic day and an even better week ahead. Please go to nodiaprivatebanking.com slash podcast disclaimer to read a legal disclaimer applicable to this podcast. Mm-hmm.